Welcome to Mind, Body, and Business, a podcast that explores topics, perspectives, and actionable insight for a strong mind and healthy body, along with empowering conversations to help you handle your business. I'm your host, Maria Moore, a certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition coach, and behavioral change specialist. I like to offer my expertise and personal insight to help you live your healthiest life because, hey, I've gone through four weight loss transformations myself, and I have helped thousands of women nationwide lose weight naturally and just embrace a healthier lifestyle. We will be talking about quite a few things in this episode, but the main topic of discussion and a very hot topic is the lower belly fat, also known as FUPA, an acronym that stands for fatty upper pubic area. But the scientific term, you may not have known this, and I recently found this out myself, is called the paniculus all right so if you are not feeling your paniculus right now it is not behaving itself it wants to show up at every event and in every picture I want to give you some tips on how to tame that thing and you know get your gut healthy from the inside out but before we jump into that conversation let's start things off with a mind body and business check-in I want to send a huge shout out to Lady Marcus. She is a mind, body and business listener. And I really appreciate when you not only rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, but you also review it. And Miss Lady Marcus wrote the sweetest review. It says this is a phenomenal podcast. I always learn something when I listen. I especially love the weekly mind, body and business check ins. So that's why I do it, because I know sometimes we can go weeks, even months without checking in with ourselves mentally, physically, professionally. So if you listen to this podcast frequently, hopefully these check ins serve as a reminder for you to see where you're at with your mind, body and business. So I'm going to give myself as an example. And y'all know I love to share on this podcast. My husband always teases me. He said, baby, if you could give out your Social Security number, you would. Uh, But I just like being transparent and open. It's just who I am. So first of all, for my mind, I've really been rethinking this whole grind culture, the grind mentality, like work, 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 push your limits. I was once the queen of doing the most. And I'm not going to lie, doing the most helped me achieve so many things and enjoy the fruits of my labor, which are benefiting me to this day. So I'm not going to knock the grind culture. Because I understand that when you're in these spaces and you're feeling super motivated and you're driven and you're ambitious, it's just go, go, go. But I have been thinking a lot about what I want the second half of my life to look like. And I shared this in a previous Mind, Body and Business check in. You know, I'm 45 years old now. You know, I'm, I'm at halftime. And, you know, I really want to spend the remainder of my life at peace and having some balance between what I'm doing professionally and for my family and for myself. And because I know this is what I want, for me, that involves abandoning this grind mentality. And I was thinking a lot about the word grind. It's held as something so positive and something that folks want to attain, that that grind lifestyle, working hard and getting to the bag and all of this other stuff. But when you think about something being grinded, it is being broken down into tiny pieces. When something is being grinded, it's being pressured. And again, I think it's okay when you're going through these cycles of extreme focus and motivation and maybe you are grinding, but I do not believe it is healthy and it is sustainable. I was just watching a social media influencer that I really admire and she shared photos of herself from back in 2017 and she was talking about how she just had a breakdown. 
she was going so hard in her business that she ended up in the hospital. She was up late nights, just working hard, grinding, and her body forced her to take the time off. And it's interesting because I have been following this woman for a while. If I was looking at all of the things she was doing in 2017, I would have never thought being overwhelmed or doing too much was her struggle, only because she didn't really share that on social media. But I do appreciate her transparency in sharing it now because I don't believe in having to make my own mistakes. I like watching other people and say, okay, that didn't work out for you, so I ain't gonna try it. Just going back to the concept of grind, it's breaking something down, making it it's smaller, applying a lot of pressure. And I don't believe that we are designed to constantly be under that pressure day in and day out. Thinking about what grind means gave me my aha moment and, and, and made me realize that's not what I want. Despite me constantly being exposed to other people benefiting, quote unquote, from the grind lifestyle and making all this money and going on trips and doing things that I would like to do at the expense of self-care, time with family, because you're so dedicated to the grind. I am thinking a lot about what I want in life and slowing down and enjoying everything that I've built. Getting back to feeling like a kid again. I saw my daughter perform at her middle school. She plays a trumpet and I was so present and aware while I was watching her and the entire sixth grade band. And it was just so great to see children happy and smiling and enjoying themselves and doing something that they were genuinely interested in that you could tell they were very passionate about. And I think we need to have that at every age and every stage of our lives. Um, sometimes we think, well, I'm too grown to be out playing kickball on the weekends with my friends and I'm too old to be out trying to take a dance class which I am doing right now and I'm too old to try to learn another language and go to another country and speak to the people of the land uh, which I am doing right now but it's very fulfilling and I'm not saying that you have to spend your whole day doing it but exploring things that interest you at different phases of your life is so good for your mind so that's what I'm doing and I hope it's something that you consider as well. For my body, I talked about dance. I'm dancing, I'm dancing, I'm dancing. If you follow me on Instagram, at Maria Moore, M-A-R-I-A-M-O-R-E, one O in the more, you'll see me dancing a lot. I'm taking classes at two different dance studios. I'm going back to Cuba to take dance classes in June. I am watching YouTube videos. I am doing one-on-one -on -one private sessions. I am learning choreography and I'm just actively engaged in something that is good for my body and also brings me joy. And then for my business, I have been running Empowered Fitness by Maria Moore since 2017 and I have been in the role of a coach helping other women lose weight naturally. And it has been such a wonderful experience so far just seeing where women start and where they end up following my program. It has been one of the greatest privileges of my life outside of my family. My fitness program is something that, you know, I really cherish. It's one of the most cherished things, one of my most proudest accomplishments, even more than radio. And I've been doing radio for about 25 years. So I think that's a huge testament to how fulfilling the work is. And speaking of fulfilling, sometimes you grow into new spaces and things that felt fulfilling years ago don't feel as fulfilling, I'm using that word a lot, in the present. 
because you start to explore and then you have new interests. And so I'm not saying that I want to stop my program, but I'm thinking about scaling back and offering less live and virtual classes so that I can focus on being an educator. I have been able to build an online wellness program that has generated hundreds of thousands of dollars and changed thousands of lives. And I want to help other personal trainers and other wellness experts do the same. I want to help people who are interested in starting their own podcast and don't have much experience with storytelling and being a broadcaster and finding their own voice. I want to help those people start podcasts. This is an interest that I plan to explore over the next three months and what that looks like and how I can help people and how I can even test the program out on some of my colleagues who are interested in expanding their brands beyond the gym and getting online. So I am super excited about the opportunities that will open up because of that. So that is my mind, body, and business check-in. What's yours? Get you a little uh, mind, body, and business journal and jot down notes. Check in with yourself. Keep track of how you're progressing with your goals. You can also share with me what you're doing for your mind, body, and business on Instagram and Facebook. You can find the Mind, Body, and Business podcast at Pod. All right, so now that we have the mind, body, and business check-in out of the way, let's jump into the topic of this podcast episode, which is that lower belly fat. And uh, I wanted to focus on this inside this episode because it is one of the most frequently asked questions I get as a personal trainer and host of this podcast. So many people are actually satisfied with their body overall. You know, maybe they have nice toned arms, the legs and the booty is popping. And then that stomach, that midsection is just the one area that does not want to obey. And so you may have heard of the term FUPA. Right. So FUPA is an acronym that stands for fatty upper pubic area. And the clinical term, the scientific term, if you will, is called your paniculus. So things like childbirth, aging, rapid weight loss and genetics can all contribute to fat building up in this area. And if I'm being honest, high-waisted pants, jeans, leggings, whatever you have in your closet, I have plenty in mine, are not only a fashion statement, but a way to cover up the fupa. It just seems like it takes so much effort to get that area, especially your lower belly fat, to go down. And from experience in my own life and what I'm seeing in my clients is oftentimes, majority of the time, a simple change in your diet And that's not only what you eat, but how much you eat, how big your meals are, can make a huge difference. And a recent visit from our plumber gave me a visual of how all of this works. So as part of my personal training certification, specifically my fitness nutrition certificate, I had to learn about digestion and how the body breaks down food and it eventually leaves the body as waste. Sometimes I feel really bloated or my meals are too big and I find that fat or there's just a lot of tightness in my midsection and I would tell you 99% of the time when I adjust my meals when I drink more water smaller meals more nutrient dense foods real food that my body can break down when I make those changes I see changes in my body as well Uh, but going to this visit from our plumber so we moved into our home that we're in now in 2020 
So we've been here for about three years as of the date of this recording. And uh, this house was built in 1999. So it's had several owners. The owners before us were here for about five years. And I think there may have been two previous owners before that. And so naturally, you know, everything in the house is not brand new. It's a nice house, but everything isn't brand new. That includes the pipes, the plumbing. And so the bathroom that two of my children share, we've been having issues with water just kind of building up in the tub as the shower is running. And, you know, by the time they're finished taking a shower, the water would be up to their ankles and it would trickle down the drain really slow. We finally got a plumber over here to take a look at it, and he was working, doing his thing, brought all of his equipment in the house, and about 30 minutes later, he got it fixed, and the water was running, and everything was smooth again. So it's part of the process of the plumber fixing the pipes and getting the water to go smoothly down the drain once again. You know, he explained to me what the issue was, and he told me there was a whole lot of hair in the drain, which is typical if you're washing hair. And, you know, as humans, we shed, so I figured that was the case. He said there was a lot of uh, gel, like product, going down the drain. And I know my daughter loves to pour like half of the conditioner bottle in her hand and barely any of it making it to her head and most of it dropping down the drain. Same thing with the shower gel. So I figured that was a culprit. And then he also said, you know what? You know, you've been living here for about three years. There were owners here before you. So there's all kind of things happening in the pipes. And so this made me think about our digestive system, especially if you're older, if you are seasoned. Okay, that's what I call myself. I'm seasoned. I'm 45 years old, so my body's not brand new. My body has gone through some things. I've had a lot of meals in my lifetime, and not all of those meals, unfortunately, have been real nutrient-dense foods. So if you think about... You know, before there were processed and packaged snacks and all of these shortcuts to how our foods are being made, you know, we were eating natural fruits and vegetables. We were eating meat. Folks were going out and slaughtering animals and eating them right after they were being slaughtered. And, you know, we just had a lot of natural, unprocessed food options that our bodies were designed to naturally break down. But as a result of evolution and shortcuts in trying to make food last longer, you know, there's a lot of fake ingredients in foods. And so you think about the extra work that the body has to do to break down these foods or this foreign substances coming into your body and how some of that sticks to your body over time or takes longer to move down your digestive system. It's like having clogged up pipes. And so if you are in a cycle of eating junk food, of eating processed snacks, of eating things that clog up your digestive system, there's going to be some blockage. You know, it's you really have to think of it like a pipe. And if there's some blockage in the drain, As you are trying to eat more food, it's going to be harder for your body to break that down and things are going to get stuck and it's going to show up. You're going to not only see it, but you're probably also going to feel it. And we joke about having a FUPA, but it can cause, you know, physical issues and also negatively impact your self-esteem. So what are some things that we can do to address fatty upper pubic area, that fat Um, that is gathering in your lower belly, your paniculus. So if you don't have an underlying health condition or, you know, your body, gravity is taking over, maybe you're aging and you need to embrace the new version of yourself, 
um, outside of that, I want you to think about things, lifestyle changes that you can make to see and feel a difference. The first thing is smaller meals. So we definitely want to improve the quality of the food we eat, right? But you want to make sure that you're not eating too much at one time. And I love using the analogy of how I do my smoothies. You put all of the ingredients inside, you put it in the blender, you press the start button and it's all nice and smooth and you have this smoothie that you can drink as opposed to actually eating the fruits and vegetables or whatever you're putting in your smoothie, right? I would put my fruits in Ziploc bags so that I can just take them right out of the freezer and dump them in the smoothie machine and press go and be done, right? Um, Because I like my smoothies to be really cold. These days, I'm just doing regular room temperature fruit, adding ice, um, adding some protein powder and doing my smoothies that way. But uh, what I've noticed is that the bigger the pieces of frozen fruit, the harder it is for the smoothie machine, the blender to kind of break that down. And so as a solution to this, um, instead of just breaking a banana in half, I cut it up into small slices. I cut up my strawberries, you know, I cut up peaches or, um, you know, blueberries were already pretty small, but I cut them up into smaller pieces. And when I cut them up into smaller pieces, it was easier for the blender to go around and break it down and for it to turn out really smooth. And when you think about the amount of food that you eat in one sitting, and how your esophagus, your smaller and large intestines, you know, it's just one long tube. And so if you stuff everything in there all at one time, it's going to be harder for your body to break that down. Have you ever seen videos on the um, National Geographic station or, you know, any type of nature show and you see these snakes out there and they eat rats and stuff whole and you can see the shape of the rat like going down their body. I, I hate to use that as an analogy, but I'm just trying to give you a visual. But, you know, you can't eat a whole lot at one time. And so it's just like the smoothie machine. You know, if you are putting in small pieces at one time, it's going to break it down and blend it better but if you are putting big fat chunks in at a time and this happens even with those high powered smoothie blenders you know it's jump 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 you know, it's really slow at first. And then once it starts to break it down, it speeds up. But if you put those smaller pieces in, I know you like my sound effects, but yeah, it just goes faster from the very beginning. So you have to be mindful of how much food you eat in one sitting. And a lot of us need to retrain ourselves, right? So let's be honest, you know, sometimes you just on the go and you're grabbing something or you wait a really long time before you actually sit down and eat. And then you're so hungry, you have this huge meal. And then what happens is that you end up not feeling hungry or having an appetite during your active hours of the day. And you stay in this cycle of not eating all day, being really hungry, having one big meal at night, sleeping on that, holding on to excess fat and starting the cycle over and over again. And over time, that weight is going to stick to you. And you're training your digestive system to work harder. So 
First thing I would recommend you focus on is smaller meals. Listen to your body. You know, sometimes our bellies are saying, uncle, ain't no more room down here. Why are you sending more cookies? Why are you drinking more soda? You know, why are you eating more French fries? Ain't no more space. And you just still (laughs) keep going and eating the extra food. So on a scale from one to 10, and 10 is a full belly, aim to get around a five or six. When you go out to a restaurant and you order a big meal, which is fine to go out and treat yourself every now and then, Ask the waiter to bring you a box with your meal. Put half of that meal in the box and then eat what's ever left over. The great thing about that is you don't overeat in one sitting and then you end up having two great meals, one to enjoy now and one to enjoy later. Uh, Another thing that you can do is look into digestive aids like a digestive enzyme, I love probiotics, not necessarily a digestive aid, but it helps with depositing healthy bacteria into your gut, which does help improve digestion. That has been scientifically linked to better digestion. And you know, the gut, your stomach is known as your second brain. Think about when your gut isn't feeling right. It slows you down. You may have foggy brain. You can't think straight. You're not motivated to move your body. So you need to protect your stomach, your digestive system at all costs. I take a probiotic every day. There are some supplements that have pre and probiotics. You can find probiotics, uh, prebiotics in root vegetables and probiotics in um, Greek yogurt, sourdough bread, sauerkraut, pickles, kimchi. I have several cousins who are half Korean and we used to eat kimchi all the time, but you can find pre and probiotics in foods or you can take them as a supplement and that can help with your gut health and promote better digestion. But the key is to do it consistently, right? Not just a couple of days and you see some results and then you go back to, you know, the fried chicken, the pizza and the ice cream, but you want to do it consistently over time. And I'm telling you, you know, it's going to be hard at the beginning. It's a change and your body's used to having those bigger meals and you will have to make adjustments. But, you know, once you start getting consistent and you see those results, it turns into an addiction. Sample it out for a couple of days and see how much progress you you can make in just a short period of time because the body responds to change, good change and bad change, right? The body responds when you overeat, you feel bloated, you gain weight, your energy levels are impacted. Conversely, the body responds to change when you eat healthier, when you drink more water, when you get good rest. Be present with those positive changes that are happening within your body when you make good choices and use that as motivation to stay consistent. Another thing that affects your uh, belly fat is stress, overwhelming thoughts. It does have an effect on your mood. And, you know, when I hear people talking about stress and I find myself inside of those moments where I'm stressed out, I immediately think, oh, my brain is telling my belly to swell up because I'm stressed out right now. But when you think about the action that comes with stress, um, that's turning to food for comfort. That's being sedentary, not being motivated to move your body. So the stress triggers other behaviors that can contribute to your body accumulating belly fat. 
A decline in physical activity is another big one that affects your um, midsection and your entire body, really. When you think about the changes that happen as you age, you know, when your teenager is go, 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 extracurricular activities, walking home from school, um, you know, just being way more active than you are as an adult. That's why when I went to college, they had the freshman 15. I don't know if the young people still do that now. But back in my day, when I was attending Florida A&M University, we had the freshman 15. And that's because there was a huge shift in lifestyle. You know, didn't have to get up as early in the morning. And on some days you only had two classes. Some days you didn't have any classes. You could sleep in. You weren't as active. Even though I was walking up and down the hill, um, you know, I wasn't eating as healthy. Fortunately, I did not gain a freshman 15, but I did, you know, get a little thicker when, when I went to college. But when there's a decline in physical activity, and this happens as we age, we become more sedentary, and then our eating habits don't improve. They get worse. That combination leads to weight gain and specifically a buildup in the midsection. So we must do all that we can to remain physically active at every age. This is why I'm so intentional about following women on social media and hashtags that are associated with a fit lifestyle over 40, over 50, over 60. I follow women in their 70s and 80s who are still killing it and living very active lifestyles. I'm talking, you know, traveling the world and climbing mountains. And that's what I want my life to look like. But I can't do that if I'm weighed down, if I'm not eating healthy, um, if I'm not physically active. And then I have one more thing to consider uh, when it comes to addressing that FUPA is drinking a nighttime tea, something to calm your belly down. Now, one tea that I really love, well, actually, there's uh, three different teas, peppermint tea, lavender tea, and oolong tea. Green tea is also good, but most green teas have natural caffeine in them. So um, if you don't do well with caffeine, you may be a little bit wired in the evening. Green tea might be better for you to have in the morning or during the day. Um, But having that digestive aid and something that's soothing to your digestive system uh, in the evening as you wind down before bed. Um, And speaking of bed, you want to make sure that that last meal is not too close to bedtime. Um, But if you get into the cycle of having a small cup of tea, not too much because you don't want to be up using the bathroom all night. But having a small cup of tea to calm down your belly is really good. There are even some brands that have very specific bedtime teas that include a natural sleeping aid as well. So that's definitely something worth looking at. You know, there's a common thread with all of these podcast episodes when I'm talking about self-improvement. The key to self-improvement in every single area of your life is consistency. Do something over and over again. Get really good at it. Get your body used to it. Reprogram yourself to be successful, to see results, and you will. I've seen it happen in my personal life. I've seen it happen professionally. I've seen it happen when I was building my business. I've seen it happen with my fitness goals. I've seen it happen with my money. Staying committed, being intentional, knowing what my goal is, and taking the actions day in and day out to see it happen. So if you are trying to address the FUPA, it's the same formula. Be consistent. Even if it's a small change, 1% better every day, it eventually adds up to 100% if you're consistent at it. And as I commonly like to say on this podcast, it produces sustainable results because you're not introducing drastic change all at once. 
So if you want to fight your FUPA and win, you are tired of getting punched in the face and knocked on the flow and your FUPA always being the champion of the battle, this is how you win through consistency, exploring what your body best responds to. Now, before we wrap up this episode of Mind, Body, and Business, got to jump into Tell Me More. This is your chance to send me a DM and ask your questions related to your mind, your body, and your business. Love this question that I got from Jacqueline on Instagram at MBBPod. She said, hello, Maria. My friends always ask me about losing weight or eating healthy. They say I should become a trainer, but I don't think I would be successful because of where I live. Any suggestions? I'm in Virginia. First of all, thank you so much for this question. And I remember being exactly where you are. You know, I got to a space in my personal fitness journey where I was just excited about exercising, excited to see the results I was achieving from eating healthy and moving my body. And then folks just started asking me, girl, what are you doing? And that was the seed. That was the thing that got me to where I am today as a personal trainer and growing my business, my in-person training and my online wellness program. And that's part of the answer to your question is that if you don't think you can be successful where you live, broaden your perspective. Think about how you can create a program that you can sell online because your clientele is limitless. You can train people anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, from Virginia to California to the Philippines. And I've seen it happen. I have actually had clients in the UK and the Philippines who have trained with me. They're in a way different time zone, but they were able to do my programs on their own time uh, because I had recorded workouts, I had meal plans they could download. So start by jotting down, just doing a brain dump, everything that has worked for you inside of your fitness journey. Because it's one thing to have a certain level of expertise, but you can take it to the next level when you've actually achieved results for yourself. Because you not only understand the logistics of weight loss, And getting in shape, you know, eating healthy and exercising and doing those, you know, checklist things. But what are some challenges that you had to overcome? What was a new mindset that you had to embrace? How did you manage your schedule to make things fit? Think about the questions and the challenges that people have that are preventing them from losing weight and come up with solutions. You can start with something really simple at first. And I strongly recommend, I tell this to Everyone who comes to me saying they want to be a personal trainer, you need evidence that your plan works. So find you a close friend, a coworker, a family member who will be dedicated to a program you create and that achieve results. So you have those before and after pictures, you have those testimonials, and those are great springboards to get your business going. But yeah, absolutely explore. I was just talking to my son the other day And he is a young adult in his early 20s, and he was talking about having a struggle with um, having a sense of self-worth. And I was explaining to him that sometimes you have issues with self-worth because you're not doing something that's worthwhile. And we all have responsibilities, right? Many of us have worked jobs or are working jobs that don't necessarily provide personal fulfillment, but the job pays the bills. If you have something that's tugging on you, you feel passionate about, you wake up in the morning and you're excited about that, 
you need to look into that. You need to explore it. You need to honor that passion, that thing that's pulling, that fire inside of you. Because when you do things that are worthwhile, you have a stronger connection to your self-worth. Um, so, Jacqueline, I know that's not part of the question that you asked, but the tone of your message makes it obvious that it's something that you're passionate about and that there's a lot of potential that you should explore there. So hopefully the answer to your question helps you out. And I want to wish you many blessings in whatever you decide to pursue. So with that said, that wraps up this episode of Mind, Body, and Business. Keep in mind, you can stay connected with me on social media. I answer all of the DMs at Pod on Instagram. You can also connect on Facebook as well. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would greatly appreciate a rating or review. Remember, new episodes drop every Wednesday. And again, stay connected with the Mind, Body, and Business podcast at Pod on social media. As always, I enjoyed this time with you. Truly appreciate your ear and look forward to another empowering conversation on the next episode. Take care.